side of church and state. That means you keep the government there. We've, and, and we follow all the authority. I pay taxes. We follow the laws of the land. We are to do those things, and those things are right. But when authority and a government tells you that you are not to worship the Lord or do the things that the hierarchy and authority tells you, you see, that authority trumps other authority. In this house, I am the higher authority. So if one of your teachers or someone comes and tells you, hey, you can't do that, but Pastor Steve says, you know what? It's okay. Guess what? The pastoral authority, whoever the highest ranking officer is, you can use military, it doesn't matter. If a lower ranking officer says something, but the higher ranking officer says, you know what? This is, I want you to do that. You know what you do? You go, yes, sir. That's how authority works. So when God has designed a system that the worshipers were always going before in the battles, he designed that the worshipers were to go before the battle. You were to worship the Lord and sing praises. And we saw in, the, in Jericho's walls came down through worship. You see that when, when they were outnumbered and it didn't make sense that that fight should never have been on the Lord's side, he said, go out there and worship me. Go out and sing praises to me and exalt the name of God. And that was his design, that that always goes before. So we're going to keep following that. Daniel was one who understood authority, who worked for the government. And that, there was a, a bunch of other legislators who were basically wanting to get Daniel entrapped because they couldn't find anything wrong in the law that Daniel was doing. And that's where we need to reside, church. We need to obey the laws of the land. We need to follow the speed limit if that's what we need to do. We need to make sure we don't steal from people. We need to make sure we don't rob. We need to make sure that, that we pay our taxes. We do all the things that we're supposed to do and follow the law. And I say yes and amen to that. But when any authority tells me that I'm not to sing and praise the Lord and worship the Lord in God's house, that authority's wrong. See, God is right. God is right. And we need to start figuring out. Now, if you would disagree with me, that's okay. I'm not going to make you do that. This beautiful country that our forefathers established on Judean Christian principles means that we have liberty and freedom. So I want to sing and worship with you. But if you don't want to sing and worship with me, you don't have to come. We live in a beautiful country. No one's making you do anything. Amen? But as far as I'm concerned, as long as there's breath in my lungs, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going, to, I'm going to worship him and thank him for what he's done for me because he deserves all the glory and honor. No rocks are going to be crying out on my watch. Jesus said, like they tried in Jesus' day, the, the Pharisees who were the ones in charge of the religious order said, you need to tell them to quit singing and shouting and worshiping you. And he said, you know what, if I was to tell them, the rocks would cry out. So you know what, I don't want the rocks to have to cry out in, in, this, in this neck of the woods. We're going to sing. And you know what, church? Well, you you got to start figuring some things out in this day and age. Where's your line in the sand? My line in the sand is you're not going to tell me, I'm sorry, governor. I'm sorry, whoever. 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 I'm going to worship my king because he trumps you. His authority overrides everyone else's authority. That's biblical. That's biblical. Paul and Peter, who did right, yes, respect your government, respect your authorities. They also, and John also told the government, when they said, you are not to preach in Jesus' name anymore, they said, well, good luck with that. Um, we're going to go ahead and preach in Jesus' name anyways, just letting you know. And Paul also understood the laws of the land. When they would try to, to, to put him in jail, he would bring up the law and say, are you going to charge a, a, a Roman citizen? He said, uh, oh, no, oh, really? Oh, well, go ahead and go. Oh, no, no, you're not going to tell me go ahead and go now. Yeah. No, he was bold. Yeah. No, you're going to come and, and, and tell me 
and release me properly. Church, are you hearing me? This whole thing that we've just got to sit quiet and say, okay, whatever you say, that ain't biblical. You come to a point when you start saying, hey, I'm gonna, you tell me how fast to drive? Okay. You tell me how, many, how much taxes I'm supposed to pay? Okay. I don't like it. Okay. You tell me what I got to do. When you start telling me that I got to violate what God has told me, that's where you're wrong. And anyone, you, can, you can think what you want about that. You have a right. But you have a right to be wrong. I'm sorry. You have a right to be wrong. I'm going to worship the Lord. This house is going to worship the Lord. And this house and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to, we're going to bring offerings to him. We're going to praise him and shout. And, and we're going to see God deliver people. Why it's so important is because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. And you go, and it's his design, that you come ahead and you begin to worship and praise him. And, and I've seen people healed in that, in that arena. I've had the Lord download things to me, speak to me through that arena of, of people of the house of the Lord in unity and one heart and one soul, worshiping the Lord. Deliverance comes, healings come, words come, breakthrough comes. The, the government is not going to stop that. Well, at least they're not going to stop it here. We're not going to bow to that. that. That's a line in the sand. I'm sorry. I, you can do governor. You can do whatever you want. And this, this is on Facebook. And I'm not trying to threaten anybody. I'm just letting you know. You have a right to be wrong too. Your line stops at this door. We come out, we follow your laws, and we adjust. And we're not saying we can come murder people in the church because this is our little spot. Obviously not. Those laws, God instituted. And we re 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 uh, respect those things. And while we're on it, <laughs> the Lord gave me this word. Might as well keep rolling. Woke me up Tuesday. I heard the word, the man of lawlessness. I begin to, to meditate on that, think about that. And then I see the picture of what's going on in the world today. And you're going, well, this is a funny thing to talk about. You're just saying, like, to tell the authority, get lost. Yeah, wrong authority. But there's a man of lawlessness. And if you look in the Bible and you, and you look and see, you see that's the Antichrist. Now, isn't it interesting that to this day and age, you see the world as a whole, they're under this influence of lawlessness. Right? You, when you start saying, like, defund the police, defund uh, take the police out of areas and this is our, we're, there's no law here. Uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not God's plan. See, God has raised up authority and people in authority to represent him. That doesn't mean every person in authority represents him well or right. But the position is God-given and it represents him just. He's a just God. So when we look to our police officers, we look to them and we see and we should see just that doesn't mean that every single one of them are right. Just like every single pastor in a pulpit ain't right. Every single doctor ain't a good doctor, right? We don't judge everyone else by like the small percent that's wrong. But when you look at authority, you look at police officers, you see a representation of God, whether you like it or not. So we, we respect police. We, we see that the spirit behind that is an antichrist spirit. That's what I want you to see. It's a man of lawlessness, and we're going to look at some of that. Does, does, do, am I saying every single thing that happens? I, I've been uh, talked to harshly or wrongly. or, or um, It's kind of funny when you're a, a criminal, when I was, um, and then you minister a bunch of them for years. You'd hear different ones be like, well, that officer, he didn't fall. He broke the law on that. He was supposed to do this right, and he was supposed to do this, and he didn't do that. And I used to just laugh. I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny. You're an outlaw, right? 
you're an outlaw. And all of a sudden you get caught, and now you want to follow the law. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Now, now, you want, now everyone's supposed to follow the law. Well, you just told the law, like, forget you. I'm going to do whatever I want. But now this officer is supposed to do everything, everything by the law. Isn't that kind of funny? I think it's, it's called being a hypocrite. Right? So, man of lawlessness. Daniel spoke about that in, after chapter 6, <laughs> where he was thrown in the lion's den. You go into chapter 7, he starts getting vision and revelation from the Lord. And the Lord speaks of this man of lawlessness that's going to come. He's going to come after the church is raptured. Once the church is raptured, he will establish, establish himself. And for three and a half years, he will bring peace. But at the end of three and a half years, he will put himself up and the peace treaty will be broken. He will begin to sacrifice and have people worship him. And all hell is going to break loose. That is the man of lawlessness. In 2 Thessalonians, um, we're gonna, I'm going to read this. But why I'm speaking of it, because it was a download the Lord gave me. It's not really, well, it does have to do with the seven spirits of God. Because there's a false and anti-spirit of God. A false, a fake one, an anti-Christ. God, the enemy is not creative. He is not able to create things, to come up with really anything new. He just copies and, and, and um, fakes God's things. So God has Holy Spirit. Satan has an unholy spirit, an antichrist, an antichrist spirit, man of lawlessness. So Paul to the Thessalonica church in chapter 2 begins to lay this out so they would understand he says, now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as it is from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. You see, someone had wrote a letter and they were deceiving the Thessalonica church and saying, this, the Holy Spirit is, is, and, and Jesus has already came for his bride and you guys missed it. And Paul's like, oh, no, 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 no. So he starts to lay out some things like that must happen. So he says, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Now, this apostasy, that word means a great falling away. There will be a great falling away in the seven-year tribulation time. There will be a great falling away. You think, you think there's a falling away now. It is going to be a huge falling away during the, during the time of um, the tribulation. He says, continues, whoever, oh, my bad, for it will come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. So this is what Daniel says, the man of lawlessness will be revealed. He will come on the scene. Now we're in a day where this is not the Antichrist that is um, in person that is affecting all this, but it's the spirit of lawlessness. There's a spirit of Antichrist on the earth today. That's what you're seeing by all these people revolting against um, authority, by people wanting to create their own little networks and, and have like no police action and no, you know, defund the police, defund. We're going to take the police and, and not, that is the stupidest thing and it is not coming from the spirit of God. Amen. It is from an antichrist spirit, the spirit, the man of lawlessness. Amen. Now that doesn't mean he's the one right now in, in uh, form pulling the strings, but it's the spirit. Does that make sense? I personally do believe he's on the planet today. I believe he's probably alive and well. He has not revealed himself. He will not be established till we're gone. And there's lots of people who've had different thoughts. And I'm not getting into that because that's all they are is thoughts. It goes on in, in chapter verse 4. It says, Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God 
or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? So Paul had already prepared them and explained some things to them, and it would be really nice to know what he had laid ahead of time because we're getting the, the, like, like I already told you about that, so I'm not going to explain that. He just gives us these, these glimpses. But thank God we have Daniel. <laughs> you know, thank God we have all the other prophets that the Lord had laid. If you guys have read the book of Daniel recently, go back and read it today, and then read the book of Revelation, and read Thessalonians, and you're going to be like, this is amazing. Like, how many of you, like me, I grew up, and, and as I, and just in history in general, like, I really like history, so I used to think, it'd be so cool to grow up, like, in the cowboy and Indian days, you know, and, which it wouldn't have been. Um, it'd be really cool right now. I, I kind of like air conditioning. That's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I do like cars and riding a horse all the time. I mean, I like to ride a horse, but not, like, everywhere. You know, there's a lot of work. Um, so what I'm saying is, how many of you ever thought, like, I'd like to, I, I wish I was born and, and lived, like, in the Jesus days, right? I mean, is that fair? Am I the only one who's like, it would be so awesome, like, or it would have been awesome, like, to see, like, to go through and watch the Red Sea parted, right? Can you imagine, like, the sun sits still, you know, to see Gideon, you know, like, just, just these, this little group of guys and these whole armies just turn on themselves and wipe each other out. Like, that would be pretty cool. Like, to be, like, in the, in the Bible time. Church, <laughs> we're in the most amazing Bible time ever recorded. Go back and read the book of Daniel. Go back and read some prophets. Read the book of Revelation. Right now, all of the Bible, I mean, all of the Bible was pointing to this day that we're in. This time. All heaven, the angels, everyone is in anticipation of his return. And guess what? We are in that group. So we are, you got to picture yourself, I'm in this Bible. I mean, I'm, and it's the most amazing time to be in it, right? It is your blessed hope. This is a beautiful thing. We're the bride. He's coming for us, church. He's coming for us. This is an exciting time to be in. Amen. Verse 5, do not remember that while, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things, and you know what restrains him now. So that in his time, he's speaking of the uh, man of lawlessness, you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he may be revealed. In his time he may be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains him will do so until he is taken out of the way. A lot of people have thought that the church is the restraining agent of the man of lawlessness. That's not so because he says he two different times. It's in a masculine form. So who would the restraining agent be able to be of the Antichrist? The Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit himself, he's that restraining agent. So think about this with me, how jacked up it is now. The, the, the Satan has a boundary that he cannot cross. He is being restrained by the Holy Spirit. The Antichrist will be restrained, and the spirit of lawlessness is being restrained by the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a day, and that restraint comes off. When the church is gone, that restraint is coming off. And if you think it's bad now, Oh, you do not want to be here. As much as Satan hates you, because he, he comes to still kill and destroy. But when the restraint is released, you're going to he hates mankind. You're going to see, there's going to be the wrath, those seals opened up, Jesus' wrath, the God, but Satan's wrath is going to be released too. He hates you. He, you're going to see some of the most cruel, um, vicious, vile things done on this planet. 
You're just, this is a foreshadowing. Everything you see through, through the, um, the, and some will say, well, all those things already happened. Yeah, there's some of it that has. The, the, there was a king that set up in the, in the temple the abomination of desolation, and he began to perform sacrifices in the temple. That's happened already. That was a foreshadowing. Doesn't mean it's not like it already happened, it's over. It's gonna happen. That wasn't the Antichrist, that was a king. The Antichrist will do that. He will literally sac stop the sacrifices, which means the Jewish sacrifices will begin again. And they are preparing that, just FYI. That's happening, they're pre preparing that. They found the red, the red heifer, the one that they're gonna sacrifice. Like, all that stuff is winding up. But it's really going to happen. Just like in Matthew 24, he said these signs. We see, we see all those signs. There was wars, rumors of wars. There was earthquakes. There's all, those are foreshadowings. That's to get our attention to go, dude, what he's talking about in this book is for real. Right? I mean, as you see all that in this day and age, I used to think, there's no way. Like, people, I mean, how is this going to happen? Not that like, the earth can't shake because we've seen all that, but I'm just talking about the people's hearts their mindset to like turn on one another and like you didn't get a mark and like I'm like I just can't see people oh I see it now totally see it now like they're gonna turn on you because you you know you didn't you got COVID or you didn't take the take the antibody or you didn't go get the vaccine like you didn't have your mask on like we're turning you in like what dude like for real like you think you didn't get your vaccine you can't buy sell or trade it totally is gonna happen I'm totally convinced, and it's exciting. I'm not scared because I ain't going to be here. Good luck with all that. That's going to be a hot mess. But I'm excited to know that means if all of that is happening and real, everything else he wrote and said for us is real, right? It should encourage you and excite you. This is a great time to live in, by the way. Did I tell you that already? <laughs> this is an awesome time. So it says, then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth, and you'll see that in, in uh, Revelation, with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, which is the good news. They did not receive the gospel. They did not receive the truth. So as to be saved. Very interesting, as we see, is that this Antichrist will perform miracles and signs and wonders. Now, it's very dangerous to me, and I see in this, in this day and age, I don't know if the rest of you see this or heard, but I come across this quite a bit. I see lots of people who are chasing signs and wonders. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're, they're just, oh, this is happening over here. I'm running over here. I'm running over there. I'm running over there. Like, just because signs and wonders happen doesn't mean they're always from the Lord. There's people who are literally saying, like, well, I don't really need the Bible now because the Holy, I follow the Spirit. I follow the Holy Spirit. Like, he just, whatever he said, I just follow that. Like, I don't, need, I don't need to really read that. Like, the Holy Spirit lives. I mean, I just follow him. This is getting more and more popular. This is becoming very, you got, we got a serious problem when you're saying, like, I really don't need to read the Word. Because you don't know the voice of the Lord unless you know the Word. You don't rightly know how to divide and understand, like, was that me? Was that the enemy? Like, how do you get to know the Lord's voice? People are, how do you know the Lord's voice? And some say, well, it kind of sounds like you. No, it don't. It sounds like this. Because I started going, hmm, is that me? 
Well, me in my natural, not say flesh, um, do I want to go out of my way and like exert myself and serve somebody else? No, it's me, 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 right? Do I want to like give money to the homeless guy? No. Do I want to stop and pitch up, pick up the hitchhiker? No. Okay, well, could I want to do that? Well, probably not. Does the devil want me to do that? Hmm, would that be something he would want me to do? Well, then process of elimination there, right? But here's the biggest process of elimination. What's the word say about it? Because I will promise you this, the Holy Spirit and the Word, they're never on different sides. They're always in agreement. Well, the Holy Spirit told me, great, can you show me that in Scripture? If you can't, you're wrong. Hello? You know what the Holy Spirit will always tell you to do? Whatever this Word says. Now, that doesn't mean you can say, because I heard someone and they were so small. Well, if it's not in the Word, then God can't do it. You're done, twisted. How big is your God? No, my God will never do anything contrary to his word. But there, it says if you were to put everything that Jesus did, there's not a big enough library to hold all the books of the things he did. So, hello? Now, I've had people, well, I didn't see that particular miracle, so that's not from the Lord. You better be careful with that. How big's your God? Mine's like super big, and that's not big enough. Amen? So we need to be paying attention to what we're listening to. Get in the Word, church. If there's ever a day, this will never lead you off course. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen? You know what else the Holy Spirit is? Light and eyes. You ready for that? All right. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Oh, man, I still got like an hour. Praise the Lord. Everybody start freaking out. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I don't have an hour. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read through verse 4. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, we're going to get into the churches, the seven churches a little bit later, but just, just for now, this wasn't all the churches. Okay, there was, these, and these were, but these were actual seven churches. On the Roman road, there were seven of these churches. Seven represents completion. Amen. So what John is saying, the, the, this letter is to the, com, to the completed church, which we are a part of. Now, there were specific things that were written to each specific church, but they represent a whole of the things that affect the church as a whole. There was also seven periods that these churches can represent. How many know God's pretty amazing? He is, he is amazing. But for all intents and purposes today, 
I want to go past that because we're going to continue and we'll get into the seven churches in, Romans, uh, in Revelation uh, 2. But for right now, I want us to look at the seven spirits of God. Now, why is that important? I think it's an extremely important because this is the agent who is on the scene today to walk with us and be with us and empower us. Amen? There's an antichrist. There's a spirit of antichrist and there's a holy spirit, the spirit of God and the spirit of truth and a comforter that is with us. So we need to d dive in a little bit and look at this holy spirit and these seven functions that he brings so that we can operate in those and see those things in operation today and now. Amen? Does that sound like a plan? All right, so you say seven spirits of God. How many knew there was seven, the seven spirits of God? How many knew? A little more in the second service. Now, I remember the first time I read this years ago, it was kind of one of those you read and you go, seven spirits of God? What? I never heard that before. And then kept reading because I'm like, I don't think I have time to go in and figure that one out. Anyone ever do that? You're reading along and you're kind of like, whoa, that's interesting. I don't get that. But I don't necessarily have time to go through and you know, get 15 lexicons out and, you know, concordances and break it all down yet. So, thank the Lord, um, this has already been broke down. How many know that we need, like, God is three in one? Fair? Okay. There's many names for the Holy Spirit, but there's four major names. And um, there's also seven functions, which means complete Right? There's functions, the complete functions of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to look at. That's, that's what um, John is talking about. So in Revelation chapter 4, verse 5, we see this again. And this is right after um, the heaven is open for John. The doors open to heaven. He comes and, and God catches him up in that vision. He goes and sees what's like basically in the Holy of Holies, in the real one. He's in the, in the throne room of God. And this is what he says. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and Peals of thunder, seven flaming torches burned in front of the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Isn't that cool? Seven torches. That what, what does torches bring? Light. What is the word? A lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. They're not in contrary. They are in agreement. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. The next time you hear the seven spirits of God. This is, John's in the same place. He's in the throne room of heaven. He says, Then I saw standing in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures and the elders a lamb. And that lamb was Jesus. That seemed to have been slain. He had seven horns and seven eyes. These are the seven spirits of God sent out into the whole world. Now, the seven horns are not the seven spirits of God. I don't personally believe. Some different commentaries think, yeah, and most of them say, no, because he says these are the seven spirits after the eyes. Horns have always represented in the Bible authority and power. So he's saying that this lamb has all authority because it's seven is completion, all authority and all power. Who is that? That's Jesus. But that lamb also had seven eyes. What, what does the word do? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path so that it brings vision. So the light, the candles, the light, it brings out a darkness, right? So that you can see in the seven eyes of the Spirit of God. So we can see clearly. Does that sound like the Holy Spirit? that wants to come and lead us and guide us into all truth, who would be a teacher for this day and time. Amen? Amen. So that's the seven spirits of God. Now, I'm going to, here, I'll, I'll do this for you guys because that way we don't forget. I almost got to the very end and I never even said all seven spirits. <laughs> so here's the seven spirits of God. There's the spirit of grace, 
That's the first one. And more than likely, we're just going to get into introduction. Um, spirit of grace. The next spirit is the spirit of life. So the spirit of grace is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? There's grace. The Holy Spirit operates in that grace. The next one is the spirit of life. It's that life of Christ that lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit, which there's, I'm going to give you a bunch of verses for where it's actually these words are used. Um, the spirit of adoption. That's a beautiful function of the Holy Spirit. We are adopted. We are, he hasn't left us orphaned, amen? How many is excited about that? How many think in this day and age we might need to know that? We need, we need the Holy Spirit operating in our lives and realizing that we're not alone. Maybe that we need to know he's for us. Amen? So there's also the spirit of holiness. Now that's also one of his main four names. Holy Spirit. Kind of tells you a little bit about the spirit of God, right? It's holy. So the spirit of holiness, what do you think it does? Helps us and teaches us to become like Holy Spirit and like Jesus, to be holy. So the next one is the spirit of supplications. How many know? How many have ever had the Holy Spirit praying through you when you've allowed the Holy Spirit to pray through you? It's being praying in your heavenly language. Supplications can be coming out of you. It's a beautiful thing. Now, that doesn't just mean that when your spirit, you're praying in your heavenly tongue, you can have the Holy Spirit pray supplications through you in your regular tongue. But it's through the spirit of supplication. It's a beautiful aspect and part um, of the Spirit of God. The, the next one is the spirit of truth. Now, this one is very unique. I had two people who came up after service last, week, um, last service and said, well, Pastor Steve, your seven are different than my seven. And I said, okay, well, and I kind of knew where they were going, and it's in this one. There's one of the seven spirits of God, of the Holy Spirit, that actually of that have their own seven. And that's the coolest one of the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth has seven functions under the spirit of truth that we see in Isaiah. So if some of you are going to like, well, Isaiah 11 says that these are, seven, these are the seven functions of the spirit of truth. Does that make sense? Which we will get to. The next one is the spirit of glory. Now, this is an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit in the spirit that lives in us as the spirit of glory. You see this function um, when Stephen, you guys remember Stephen and Acts, um, well, Saul was saved in nine, Stephen stoned seven? Yeah. So in Acts 7, Stephen Stone, you see the spirit of glory. What happens? Jesus stands up, sees this martyr. Stephen's getting martyred, and the glory of the Lord shines about through Stephen and through him, and people are seeing his face beginning to shine. It's the Holy Spirit as in the spirit of glory. How many of us know we need that? Amen? So we're going to go through these seven spirits, the seven spirits of God. But before we do that, um, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation. We're not going to go super, super deep, and, but at least enough that we're, we're all tracking together as we go through this on the Holy Spirit. So one of the first things I want to talk about is, is the Holy Spirit, the name Holy Spirit. Um, spirit means pneuma. It's the Greek word pneuma. It means wind or breath. So some of you may get upset here in a moment, and it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but um, I don't preach out of the King James for a couple reasons. Um, it's not the language we speak in today. That was 300-something years ago. Um, it's, a, it's a solid translation, but every translation has error. Now, this is one of the biggest errors of the King James translation is instead of using the word spirit, they use the word ghost. It's a completely different Greek word. They translated it wrong. And I know it's blasphemy. The King James is, is really what Paul used. I mean, when you listen to most King James-only people, <laughs> if it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Well, guess what? Paul didn't have a King James Bible. <laughs> Paul had the original Greek. So 
It's not about having the King James Bible. And if you're a King James only person, that's fine. Um, but every translation does have some error. They, they might have interpreted a word wrong here or there. Another one that's wrong in that one is, thou shalt not kill. Just a little one in the major Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> thou shalt not kill. Well, the, that's the wrong word. The word is murder. Because God is like, he says, kill and eat. Right? When you go to war, is it wrong that you go to war and, and, and have to take someone's life? No. It's wrong when you take innocent life. Innocent life is murder. That makes sense? So there's some translation issues. So why I said all that is because what I want you to see, it's Holy Spirit. We're not, we're not and, and there's a whole bunch of people, well, in my day, you know, the Holy Ghost. And if you don't say Holy Ghost, you're not as holy or you're not, you know, you're not really Pentecostal. I'm serious. I grew up with this. Like, there's people like, well, you don't, you're not, it's Holy Ghost. Whatever. I, I don't personally, you call them Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. You might hear me say that once in a while. But what you need to know, it's pneuma and it's spirit, breath. Okay? Why that's important is, remember Jesus, we watched The Chosen not long ago. And Jesus told Nicodemus, what do you hear? What do you see? Well, it's the wind. He goes, do you know where it comes from or where it goes? No, he says, that's like the Holy Spirit. Come. And that's exactly, it's that pneuma, it's, it's breath, it's a wind, it's, it's the, the breath of God, the life. It's, it's a person. A spirit is a person, right? We are made up of person. It's not Casper the friendly ghost. Just saying. Like, it's the spirit himself. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's important to me, and we need to know that. He's a distinct person with a unique personality, the Holy Spirit has a very unique personality, all of his own. He's different than Jesus and different than the, Holy, than, than the Father. It is true that he is called the Spirit of God. So here's, here's four of his major names. Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, Holy Spirit, and Jesus' favorite, Comforter. That's where we get the word paraclete, which means one who walks alongside of. It's so important that we get that. He walks alongside of us, with us. And he, he manifests and, and feeds us and takes care of us and provides for us as, the, as a paraclete. Now, you guys tracking with me? Okay. So they're kind of doing some teaching today. These are his main titles. But he is one person performing different ministries. This is where the seven spirits of God come in. The seven spirits represent different ministries of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So... Uh, he does, oh, so there's different ministries. Now, here's a little fun little fact, and this is, bear with me for just a little while. Um, I'm going to say something that might rattle your cage. Shocker. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't play well with others. Amen. And some of you are like, huh? Yes, he is a dove. He is, he is a gentleman, but he doesn't play well with others. If you've ever noticed a dove, ever, anyone ever try to sneak up on a dove? Good luck. It was so cool. As I was studying this morning, looking, I watched this dove come fly. Landed right on my little bird water, little feeder deal. And just me watching him, he just like, I love the sound they make. The Holy Spirit, he don't play well with others. You're not going to just come sneak up on him. And he will fly away as soon as you think you want to take control. That's what I mean by he doesn't play well with others. You see... A lot of people think of the Holy Spirit, and they don't think of him as the person of God Almighty. You see, we don't tell God what to do. We don't tell God how to do it. Um, we need to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize that he is God, 
and he operates and manifests in different ways, and we need to submit ourselves to that and realize, like, kind of like we do with Jesus, right? It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what Jesus says, right? Well, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think, but it really matters what the Holy Spirit says, right? And he's not contrary to the word. He don't play well with others. Like, when he comes into the room and you invite him in, he might knock some stuff out of the way. He might, some people don't like this, but the Holy Spirit will make a mess. I've heard people tell me, no, he pastored, and it offended a couple of different people. I said, I'm sorry, but when the Holy Spirit shows up, he will make a mess. Well, I said, it might, it's not a mess to him, <laughs> but it's a mess to us. He will put some things out of place that we really liked. You might think, well, this is good. And he goes, whack. But he's so gentle, and yes, he is, but he don't play well with others. When you invite him in, he's going he's gonna to take charge, and it's going to be his way. Now, he won't speak of himself. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, he doesn't come and, and here I am to save the day. He just comes in. He never speaks of himself. He's always pointing to Jesus because he operates as the spirit of Christ. He's always edifying Christ, pointing people towards Christ. It's one of his main responsibilities. He lives in us as the spirit of Christ. Amen? So he's not taking it onto himself. There are three different distinctive persons, but one God. Same as the Holy Spirit, how he operates. Seven different uh, manifestations, one Holy Spirit. Three different people, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but one God. Make sense? The Holy Spirit doesn't behave. As much as we want him to. I've grown up in church and, and people get embarrassed and ashamed and um, the Holy Spirit doesn't behave. You heard me say, that. I remember the Lord told me, and I'll never forget, and I shared this a couple times, but some of you might not have been here. I remember the Lord told me to give this message to a church, and in part of the message, I'll never forget it. I heard, if there was an audible time I heard the voice of the God, I heard it. And he said, tell the church I'm not their dog. Amen. And then he went on to say, and I said, what? And he said, I don't sit when you tell me to sit. I don't heal when you tell me to heal. I don't speak when you tell me to speak. I don't shake when you tell me to shake. I'm not your dog. He doesn't behave. See, we want to tell, we want to tell the Holy Spirit, um, we want you to do this. We want you to do it like this, and we want you to do it at this time. You see, once you've seen Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, you submit to that. And you go, you know what? And just, just for fun, I know I'm going to mess with everyone today. This whole way we do church is man-made. It's all man-made. Now, it does, I'm not saying it's wrong. But we need to understand this is man's plan. Like how we start and we do these songs and then we go to an offering and then we do this and then like that's just man's plan. What happens when you just, and that's, that's all fine and dandy and it's, it's a good thing. There's some order to what we're doing. 
But here's what needs to happen is that we submit to Holy Spirit. When he shows up, that whole plan can go... It could just be tossed. And we worship you. We honor you. Like this morning, worship the, the presence of the Lord was manifesting. And where the Spirit of the Lord, there's freedom and liberty. The Holy Spirit does not control. That's not the Holy Spirit. The spirit of control is not a godly spirit. It's a demonic spirit. Control and manipulation. That's not, that's the Antichrist spirit. The spirit of the Lord is freedom and liberty. Can you imagine trying to, it happens in most churches, it's, he's, he's trying to, they're trying to control him. I went to Africa and it wrecked me in such a beautiful way. You begin to worship the Lord and when the spirit of the Lord shows up, all those plans and everything else that was out, goes out the window and you worship him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and then he does what he wants to do. And you go, that is amazing. Like all that stuff we've been trying to, to do and pray for and, and figure out how, he just kind of came in and and makes a mess and there's sometimes people laying over here and sometimes they're like crumbled up in the corner and sometimes they're just look like they're drunk and you go what the heck how's that happen and you know what's amazing these beautiful gifts and things and manifestations of Holy Spirit we as the church want to oh we can't let him out but you know what the lost, dying world needs right now? Is the Holy Spirit turned loose. Because here's what, what the gifts and even the, the message of tongues in the church, it isn't for us. It's for the lost. All those manifestations is so that people, they go, what was that? That person just told me a bunch of stuff about me and they don't know me. I heard that. I was like, what? What is that? But then that person feels, feels and feels the presence of God through that tongue. You're praying in your heavenly language and someone goes, what language is that? And you go, well, that's my heavenly language. You're what? They don't know what you're saying, but they felt the atmosphere change. They don't, I don't know, like, I don't know chapter and verse on that. I don't even know who God necessarily is, but there's something about that. Tell me more. And yes, we as a church, we want to, we want to stifle the Holy Spirit and put him in the corner and put him in the jack-in-the-box and go, okay, come out, do, 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 do. come out, pop. Now go back in. <laughs> you don't control him. You, you respect him and you, you bow down before him and you honor him and you say, this is yours. We're here to worship you. What would you like us to do today? Would you be so daring to show up and just wreck us? Like, he can do more in a millisecond than we can come up with in 10 years. But I'll know, I can tell you how it won't happen. When we think we're so smart and clever and how to figure all this stuff out and we'll just do this routine and two plus two will equal four. Well, when Holy Spirit happens, it's 2 plus 2 equals 4,000. 
It's not controlled. The unity of the spirit finds expression in seven different and separate ways. I want to show you a picture of this. He, and, and it was so amazing is the seven different ways, it's, it's how he operates amongst us. It's for our purpose. It's for our benefit that he operates and manifests in these seven different ways. As the candlestick of the wilderness tabernacle was made of one piece of hammered gold and had seven branches and lamps, so the Holy Spirit is one and yet shines forth upon the world in seven different ways. Remember when Jesus said, what, what did he say? From the throne come flashes of lightnings, rumblings, and pearls of thunder. Seven flaming torches burned in front of the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, which was the actual Holy of Holies, which the real Holy of Holies on earth was a portrait and a picture of that. So you see that menorah that has seven candles, one piece of gold, one piece of gold that was hammered into seven branches and seven lights, representing the seven spirits of God. We just kind of stumbled on that. That's just some, like, we got lucky. Or God actually, like, was from the very beginning going, let me show you some pictures. Like, I want you to discover me. I want you to, to, to have light so you can see in this dark world. Amen? Yep. Three minutes. You didn't get point one. <laughs> Not next week. Teen Challenge will be here. The following week, we'll be ministering on the Spirit of Grace, the first of the seven spirits of God. Um, yeah, I know. There's, you got a lot. <laughs> um, what my desire is to see. Now, I, did, I didn't cover this, so let's cover this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just because I said the Holy Spirit will make a mess doesn't mean you need to make a mess. Amen. There's a big difference between the Spirit of God and flesh. They don't even look close. So we, Jesus said that he was coming so that there would be worshipers who worship in what? In spirit and in truth. So I'm not the sharpest guy and I didn't get all the best, biggest education, but I can take things and, and the Lord shows me like very simplicity or simply. Um, worship in spirit means to not worship in flesh. Right? What's the opposite of spirit? Flesh. Worship in truth means to what? Don't, don't worship in falseness. Don't worship in spirit. Worship in truth. Don't worship in the flesh. Don't worship in things that are fake. Don't, like, put it on. I remember growing up, you see different ones do this war cry and dance around the church and... And you can almost predict, okay, this time this is going to happen. I remember being in a church and after every third song... There would be a, a message in tongues and a translation from the same person. And every single time, I could pretty well tell you what it was going to be about. And it wasn't because it was the gift of prophecy in me. It had to do whatever that third hymn was. And I began to tell people, watch this. That's flesh. That's flesh. That's not the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need your help. <laughs> he really doesn't need our help. But we have to be able to surrender, and we have to allow him to make what you might think is a mess, but it ain't a mess to him. We have to, how many of you, have you feel the spirit of the Lord come on you? You begin to feel that presence, and you get a little scared. That needs to leave. That's not the Lord. 
I want us to get to a place when we feel the spirit of the Lord going, we just go, oh, more. Amen. More. I mean, here you go, Lord, whatever, whatever you want from me. We don't have to help them. Like, I had people try to tell someone I was praying for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Apparently, the Holy Spirit didn't come fast enough for them. So they said, just begin to say this. You don't need to help the Holy Spirit. That's wrong. Don't do that, or you will be in trouble, and I will be the one that gets you in trouble. You get a little spanking afterwards. <laughs> don't do that. He doesn't need your help. You don't have to say, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I've heard people do that. Just begin. Now, here's what a truth is that you're not going to speak in tongues with your mouth closed. You, you, as, as you're being prayed for, it's, sometimes it's a good thing to just begin to just say, thank you, Jesus. And just begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to praise him. The Holy Spirit will, will baptize you, and Jesus will do the baptizing. And at first, you get a little nervous. You're like, <sighs> see, it, we don't, it, he doesn't work in our lives when we tell him, I want you to do all this stuff, but I don't want to look foolish. <laughs> I want you to move in my life as long as you don't, don't tell him that, he will jack you up. He does have a sense of humor, I will promise you. You tell the Holy Spirit, I want all these things, but just as long as, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, you, when you really get filled with the, baptized with the Holy Spirit and, and you start seeing the benefits of that, you will literally say, Holy Spirit, I want all of you, and I don't care if you, if you want me to stand up on top of the church and cluck like a chicken to bring you glory, I'll do it. I'm serious. The Holy Spirit will ask you to do some funny things sometimes. It might not make sense to you. Submit and do it. I had the Holy Spirit tell me one day in the middle of our Teen Challenge floor, bow down on your face and worship me. I was like, mm, they're going to think I have lost it. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I, there was no music going on. It just didn't seem like the right time. I didn't even hear an invitation. He said, are you going to obey me or not? People came by, what are you doing? Bowing before the Lord. Why? Because he said so. I don't know what came of that. I don't know if the heavens changed or someone got saved. or I don't know. But I know this. I did what I was asked. And he, he tested me, and I said, okay, I'm willing to look foolish for you. If it brought him honor, I'm good with it. If it brought him honor, church, we should be good with it. But it won't bring honor to you. He doesn't share his glory with nobody. So you worship him in spirit, and you worship him in truth, and you honor him, and you fear the Lord. You don't go jump, jumping around and doing a hallelujah two-step thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whoop it up and he's going to show up. No, you just humble yourself before the Lord. And you seek him with all your heart. And you lean not in your own understanding. And you acknowledge him in every single way. So this is what I want us to do as a church. I want you, as you begin to get into the word, 
you acknowledge, Holy Spirit, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're my teacher, that you are and you function in the spirit of truth. And as the spirit of truth, lead me and guide me into all truth today as I get into your word. Holy Spirit, re shine your light upon it. I, I need that rhema in my life. Reveal it to me so that I can understand it. I used to have to pray this way because my brain was jacked up from so much dope I did and being up for so long. Seriously, God healed my mind through reading the word. You think I'm kidding, I'm not. I couldn't retain, I couldn't hardly read, I couldn't talk right. God miraculously healed my mind through reading the word. I couldn't, I couldn't memorize it. I, I would read and I'd have to keep going back and reading and reading and he told me. And I remember I told, you, I told this in class and, and I didn't even know this is like how you're supposed to learn. The Holy Spirit did. He said, start writing it out. Yeah. So I began writing it out and he said, then he said, now start saying it as you're writing it. Yeah. I began using all of my senses. I was hearing the word as I was saying it. I was writing the word. I was saying it. All of my ears were hearing. All those senses were working, the motor skills, and God began to heal my mind. Here's the crazy thing. I'd go in the jails for years, and these guys would say, I don't get it. Like, the way you speak about the Bible and when you talk about it, I understand it. I used to laugh. I'm like, God, that's only you, because I didn't even understand it. I couldn't even hardly, I couldn't retain it. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal himself to you. Submit to the Holy Spirit. Honor Holy Spirit. He is the agent that is here for today to lead us through these dark times. Amen? Amen. Amen. So spend some time. If you could put some worship music on, that'd be awesome. I'm going to close in prayer. I didn't get any points today. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go on a journey for a little while, and I believe this is going to be very beneficial for us as a church. I'm looking forward to the day when, you know, these radical manifestations, these people like Paul and Peter and John, can you imagine that just by brushing against people, or a handkerchief brushing against one of them, they would send it, and the person that received it would get healed? That's the spirit of glory. When a shadow, you'd walk by someone, the presence of God was on their life so strong, they had submitted to the Holy Spirit in such a way that their shadow would heal people. That's for us. His word says, these signs shall follow those who believe. So do you believe the Holy Spirit is here today as a paraclete to walk alongside you, that he is here as the spirit of grace, the spirit of life, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of supplication, the spirit of truth, and the spirit of glory. So Holy Spirit, we want to see all those things manifested and revealed in our lives. Jesus, I thank you for baptizing me in the Holy Spirit and with power, giving us a boldness to witness. Lord, I want every one of these manifestations from the Holy Spirit to be effective and working in my life. Lord, I ask that, Lord, you would release all of the gifts in this body in power. Lord, not that any one of us would ever receive any glory whatsoever from it, that you would receive all the glory. Lord, that we would see souls saved and radically transformed, addictions broken and crushed at the foot of the cross. Lord, that we would see spirits bow in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we would see people who came bound leave free. Lord, that we would see wheelchairs emptied. Lord, crutches left at the altar. 
Lord, that we would see spiritual healing. Lord, people who were afflicted um, with, with uh, spirits, God. Lord, that anxiety and the spirit of fear and anxiety would be broken in this church. Lord, that when people came in, you're, you're, we would give you the liberty, Holy Spirit. It wouldn't be our agenda. It wouldn't be our timeline. It wouldn't be our program. It would be to honor you with everything that we do. That we'd honor you in even the announcements, how we announce what's coming. That, Lord, that we would be excited about meeting together and gathering together in one heart and one mind in unity and one accord. Lord, where we would see the releasing of the gifts in, in our midst and in ourselves. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we go outside the walls of the church, that we wouldn't just come and say, well, I'm going to sing and shout and praise the Lord in the church. We would sing and shout and praise the Lord outside the church. Lord, that as we are outside and we pray in our heavenly language, that, Lord, people would hear that. People would see our life, the glory of God shining out of our life, that our face would shine like Christ. And people would say, what is that? And we'd say, it's the Spirit of God. Lord, we ask that just a release in this day and time. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for not abandoning us, for being our paraclete, for walking with us and amongst us. So, Lord, we bow before you and we honor you, Jesus, as our King of kings and our Lord of lords. And we thank you for leaving us the comforter. Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching us how to walk in holiness manifesting holiness in our lives, bringing conviction when we need it. We are so thankful for that. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We praise you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. 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 Bless you, Lord. We wait for you, Lord. We wait for you. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom. If there's anyone here today and you have, you're still wrestling with something and, and you need the Lord to, or the Holy Spirit to come and speak some truth into it or do some healing inside of you like I talked about earlier in the service. Some old things that need to pass away. We'll stick around for a little bit and, and be here to pray with you. The rest of you, if you want to be dismissed and need to be, you can be dismissed. Look forward to seeing. Don't forget to come next week. Um, the Teen Challenge group is going to be here. Um, they hold a close, special place in my heart. I spent 13 months with Teen Challenge back in 2000. So... We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Be blessed. Amen.